morning and welcome to Money Talk Extra on Radio 3. I'm Peter Lewis. Every week, we aim to offer information and advice for you to make sound financial decisions. Some people make those decisions based on a family unit. Planning things as a family, including your finances, can provide a sense of security. But how should you prepare financially if you're living on your own? This week, I'll explore just that. Sometimes we live on our own through choice. But on other occasions, it can be forced upon us through bereavement or divorce. Jimmy Lamb talks to a divorced Money Talk Extra listener who's living with her nine-year-old daughter. And finally, in our investment segment, I'll take a look at passive investing. If you want to suggest a topic or want some financial advice, please do get in touch. You can email moneytalk at rthk.hk and you'll also find us on Facebook, Money Talk Extra on RTHK Radio 3. One significant change over the past decades in our society is the increasing number of people living alone. According to the last Hong Kong population census, the average size of a Hong Kong household is 2.8 people. In 1971, the average household size was 4.5 people. So the average household size is shrinking, and according to the most recent data, around 17% of Hong Kongers live alone. Sometimes this is forced upon us, but in more and more cases, it's a lifestyle choice. This brings implications for housing, the environment, and the economy. But what does being a single-person household mean in terms of planning your finances? Joining me now is David Kneebone, General Manager at the Hong Kong Investor Education Centre. Good morning, David. Good morning, and thanks for having me. Why more and more people choosing to live on their own? <laughs> well, for some, it isn't a choice. And in Hong Kong, of course, an incredibly expensive city, it's something that you've got to uh, plan <laughs> to some degree. Um, I would say independence, especially for younger people. Some need to move away from the situation they're in. Uh, and as we age, it's more desirable sometimes. Of course, here in Hong Kong, many, many people choose to live with their parents and grandparents to care for people and also other family members as well. So if you want to be independent and have that freedom, then you've also really got to have financial independence as well, haven't you? So how do you achieve that? Yes, well, look, that's a key question. Can you afford to live alone? Now, in some situations, you're forced to. But the ideal, the ideal preparation is to complete a budget and include every possible expense you can think of, not just utilities, not just the rent of an apartment, not just the cost of food, but all the really honest things that you know you want to spend. Are you going to put money down on Happy Valley or Chartin Racecourse <laughs> during the week? Are you going to play Mahjong on Sunday afternoon? All those different things are really important, and you've got to be honest with yourself to assess whether you can afford to live alone because it's an incredibly expensive thing in what is the second most uh, expensive place mm. in the world, apparently. Mm. <laughs> so if, if you do live on your own, you're planning, as you suggest, you're budgeting, as we've said many times on this show – is it different the way you do that um, if you're on your own as opposed to, say, being a couple or part of a larger family unit? Yeah, and the core difference is, of course, you need to make sure that your financial goals are being met. The core difference if you're in a couple is that you've got to ideally make sure that both people's goals align and are being met. So in some ways it should be easier. You've only got yourself to answer to, but of course with only one income coming in mm. and not dissimilar expenses to, to that of a couple, it's a harder exercise. So you can still have the similar financial goals, you've just got to, as you say, plan and budget for them carefully. Oh, very true. And those goals shouldn't really be too different. Ultimately, from our point of view, we're interested in people preparing for that point 
where they're not working. So even if you're 20, 25, 30, think about life at 60, 65 and 70 and get ready for that long term. So do you have to think about cutting back on certain expenses if you only have this single income to rely on? The key thing is make sure that you spend less than you earn. So yes, that may mean that you do have to reduce some of the less necessary items and it's up to you to decide what's less necessary. Mm. It's your choice. And just as if you live in a family unit, you need an emergency fund because you can still have those unexpected for unforeseen circumstances. Emergency funds at least three months, if you can, of your income or expenses, I should say, or ideally six is, is important for everybody, whether you're single or on a couple. And of course, we're all faced with circumstances that are unexpected at some point in our lives. Unfortunately, for some people, that's often, be it through redundancy, be it through relationship breakup, being it through just being fired or having illness. There's so many different scenarios that eventuate for everybody. So that emergency fund and preparation financially becomes crucial, usually for most people at some point in their life. Unfortunately, divorce is becoming more and more common or relationship breakdown. That means that that emergency fund becomes even more significant. And do you need to think about health care? Because one obvious thing is if you live alone, you don't have anyone to take care of you, do you, if you become ill or sick? Someone told me recently uh, from the Elderly Commission that one of the reasons Hong Kongers live as long as they do, some of the longest in the world, is because 96% can get to a hospital within 15 minutes. The health care in Hong Kong's amazing. The infrastructure is extraordinary. So as long as you can get to a phone, you're okay. Mm. Now, Obviously, if you don't have someone looking at you and you're in a dire situation, that's a real issue. But there's a degree of comfort I think Hong Kongers can have compared to many in other neighbouring countries in regards to the proximity of healthcare. Whether you need private health insurance or not is your decision and your choice, depending on the faith you have in the Hong Kong health system. And what about making a will? I know we don't like to think about these things, but often people think when they live alone, well, I don't need one because, you know, I have no one to, who's going to inherit all my money. What, what should you do? Well, you do, make, you do need to make a plan for what will happen to your wealth. Please don't leave it for other people to deal with or your debts, <laughs> depending on what happens. You do need to decide what to do. Now, whether you've got children or not, a partner or not, sort of becomes less relevant. Plan your estate. And plan what you're going to do with it. And you may decide that you want to run out your wealth by the time you could pass away. That's, of course, your decision. It isn't a subject that many people like to talk about, but it's incredibly important. No one really – it's no one's – Opinion really matters about what you do with what you've got. But please, um, for everyone's sake, make a plan for it, even after you go. (laughs) Now, sometimes people don't choose to live alone, but they do suddenly find themselves living alone. And divorce is a common reason for that. Mm. What sort of things should you be thinking about to deal with the financial impact of divorce? Well, the first thing is, and it's a, it is an unpleasant topic, for the, especially for those in a happy relationship or marriage, but I'm afraid you do need to think about the worst-case scenario. What would happen to you? Should you plan? Um, I would say yes. You need to plan for how you would get out of a situation. Do you have your own bank account? If the relationship is breaking down, please set one up and divert your own income and expenses through that account. Do you have your own plan? If, for example, your partner has um, worked and you haven't for whatever reason, say raising children, uh, everything else associated with a family, um, what does that mean for you in terms of access to superannuation? What does it mean in terms of access to insurance cover? What does it mean to all those things? Unfortunately, finances kind of left to the end of what is often an emotional discussion around divorce. And 
from our point of view, those in financial education, we would like to see it brought far further up mm. <laughs> the priority list in terms of conversation. It's a very necessary discussion. Unfortunately, often an acrimonious time. But please protect yourself, particularly if you view yourself as the more vulnerable part or partner in the relationship. And if you are suddenly divorced, of course, you can find that suddenly your income may be just cut in half or maybe even worse than that. So presumably you then have to find ways in which you can either cut back or find other ways in which you have to increase your income. I remember some financial planners saying to me some years ago, and it's rung true and in various countries they've said the same thing, the biggest error they can see that people make in their um, net worth journey to build wealth for retirement is divorce and separation. And we've, I'm sure we've all seen people that have gone through a series of significant relationships in their life that have then had to reduce and cut down uh, half of what they own, 40% of what they own, be it what may. Yes, it's a big, um, it can have a big impact. And yes, the income and expenses following uh, that separation can also be a rude shock, but it's very necessary to plan. David, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thanks to David Kneebone of the Hong Kong Investor Education Centre.